Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Freaks and geeks, what's up? We welcome you in to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Go here with you back on this beautiful Thursday. Joined alongside by the magical beard of fantasy, we do have Matt Franciscovich, the franchise in the building. What's going on? Hello, welcome. Was that a <laughs> British accent? What? Yeah, I don't know what I'm oh. doing. <laughs> I'm ready for week two. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> we have West Virginia's finest, the wide receiver prognosticator himself. We have Matt Harmon. What's going on? Oh man, I'm I'm excited about uh, today's podcast because okay. our good friend who is unfortunately not on the show with us uh, right now, Marcus Grant, too said, famous. He's too famous to be on this pissant little podcast with us. But uh, he said yesterday, he's <laughs> like, man, I really forgot just how uh, aggressive the week one like overreaction oh is. Uh-huh. So this is an important podcast. Like we got to do good for our people here because we got to, you know, set them right or at least try to. Beautiful. So Talk about overreactions, man. Oh, God. Yeah. Twitter is ridiculous. Yeah. Overreactions are the best. I know. You specialize in overreaction, but I as, do. as a measured James level-headed James wrote an overreaction column this week. <laughs> I love it. Kenny, Kenny Galladay. Let's I'll have go. You know, is going to get 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. That's oh, right. James I, I'll, I'll just cop to this. I haven't read it yet. Oh, <laughs> shocking. It was published on your day off in your yeah, ex- ex- yeah exactly. And yesterday was really busy, so he can't get eight more touchdowns in fifteen games. It can I happen. know, I think that's fair. It can happen. Shocking. We've got fair. the whiskey from Wisconsin. <laughs> Alex Gilhar. Wow. We it's too early to begin. I don't have coffee. I'm running late. I've been sitting in an hour of traffic. It's too early for this crap. Rough life. It's too early for this crap. We got the whiskey from Wisconsin. What's up? <laughs> Uh, I, I guess, do you are you want an outpouring of sympathy from us in the podcast? It's going to be today? okay, Co. We've got fantasy to talk about, man. <laughs> we'll lift you yeah. up. We do, we do indeed. Get we you, also have get your uh, act together, bro. <laughs> get your mind right. Get your body right. All right, we got producer Chris in the building as well. What's going on? Good morning, fellas. How you doing, pal? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Doing good. I think we should just stick with Chargers Corner. By the way, I know you threw out several other names on the Chargers Corner here. is 
is that sounds kind of James is PC A- with PC. Yes. No. I, I, I like yes. Haywire for Harry. My goodness, I love it. Come oh, on. Well, what does that even mean? I know. I know. I don't know. We're about to get Haywire with Harry. It's also yeah. good. I mean, charged up. Charged up. You know what I mean? Charged up with Chris is better. I like that. Sneaky, one. sneaky, like uh, vanity move by by producer Chris there, who's a very nice fellow. But you yes. know, he's like, oh, I like the one with with my name in it. That's a, yeah, that's very good. Duh. No, I mean, shoot, I would have done it too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I don't understand why this podcast isn't NFL Harmon Live yet, but we're we're working on it. <laughs> NFL Harmon Live. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Wow. Oh wow. 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 Just uh, just saying. Okay. So it's smart move by Chris. That's all I'm saying. Great show in front of us here today. We will. Uh, we're gonna have producer Chris talk to us about the Chargers. We're we're, we're working on the title. I don't know. Charged up with Chris. That's working that's, title. That's okay. That's okay. It's Haywire with Hay. We're gonna throw out some names here. Maybe we'll throw it out to Facebook Live and, and our Twitter followers and see uh, a, a, an appropriate name uh, for this segment. But uh, we'll also talk about uh, deep sleepers slash early week three pickups. What does this mean? Usually means probably a pretty good idea. If you can kind of look ahead to week three, if you see a matchup you like, go ahead and pick up that guy right now. But we'll tell, uh, talk about some of our favorite picks uh, there. I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't even looked ahead to Friday, much less week. <laughs> I know. I'm like, let's do a week two. <laughs> well, as a real professional, Friday. I just got as a real professional, I just got a pretty good idea. <clears throat> okay, great. I, I have two names. I'll let you guys steal one. I've got a name. No, okay. I'll, I'll pull something out of Lovely. a hat. Okay. <laughs> out of a hat. This is <laughs> this is great. We're on fantasy. Facebook Live. I can't I can't <laughs> say what other expression I normally would have said. Out of, a, out of a hat. A Packers hat. This a Packers a, hat. An oversized Packers hat at that. We will do EDG <laughs> every damn game, covering every single game in week two, minus the Thursday games. Uh, but we start your show, as always, with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news. Because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, we'll start in Arizona, sadly. Sad. Oh, God. David Johnson, wrist surgery, placed on IR, anticipated to miss anywhere between 8 to 12 weeks. Kerwin Williams was named the starter. Andre Ellington is the backup and is expected to get passing down work. Newly re-signed running back, signed and cut and signed and cut and signed again. Mm. It's Chris Johnson. He's going to get some work as well. Also, Rando running back, 235-pound. Elijah Penny is there, and he's just, oh, man, he is just begging for a that helps no one score. <laughs> just begging for one. It's going to be Kerwin Williams getting all the way down to five, and here comes Elijah Penny pounding it in for six. Sounds like a mess <laughs> that I want nothing to do with. All right, franchise, break it down for me, man. I mean, here's the thing. I just did. <laughs> uh, Bruce Arians, I don't know. He he seems to have a a little bit of a warm spot in his heart for Kerwin Williams. Is talking him up a little bit. I don't know if it's just coach speak, but I don't. Is there something to to draw from that? I don't know, man. I just think without David Johnson there, that offense in general is not going to be as productive. He was. Was he like fifty more than fifty percent of that offense by himself last year right. between him and Larry Fitzgerald, and I just don't think any one of these guys or all of them combined can equal what David Johnson did last year. He had a hundred and twenty targets, eighty catches, twenty touchdowns from scrimmage, and if this is all going to be split up by four guys, good luck guessing 
who does what in which game. Mm. Uh, if there's two, like the two guys I would target are Kerwin Williams and Chris Johnson, just because he has so much experience. And we, 2015, he was kind of the only guy in the way there ahead of David Johnson in his rookie year, and he was productive till he got hurt. I just, I don't know. Kerwin Williams, I think, is maxed out at two receptions uh, in his career in his, any given season. So he's definitely not a pass catcher by any means. That's what Andre Ellington is there for. We right. know he has durability issues throughout his career because of his size. It's just a mess, man. Hmm. Uh, anybody feel, I don't know, good about Andre Ellington or no. Kerwin? Okay. No. I, I think if you're in a PPR league – Ellington is worth the pickup. I mean, they experimented with moving him to wide receiver this offseason. Fail. Or, like, odd day. Well, yeah, I mean, but the but the point in that is, like, obviously it was not going to be a wide receiver, but I, I think that he's probably the pass-catching option in this uh, in this backfield. So I think if you're in a deep PPR league, he's worth, uh, worth a flyer. They were trying to transition him to wide receiver as well. Uh, I think that experiment either failed or didn't yeah. go that well. And yeah. He and Williams are both certainly worth adding, but like it's not a case where I'm going to feel good about it because sure. that is going to be an as French has said yeah. an absolute mess of split touches. Williams is the best bet, for like <coughs> a, a flex play, yeah. like perhaps, but I, I'm never going. You're never going to feel good about it. I'd rather look elsewhere. That's why in my yeah. waiver wire thing, and I think we talked about this on Monday, like Buck Allen and Terry Cohen were both better pickups than Williams. Oh, for sure. 100%. Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Tommy Rawls back practicing for Seattle. He could be in line to start possibly Sunday versus San Francisco. Uh, again, Eddie Lacy played all of seven snaps in week one, despite getting talked up by co- by the coach there in Seattle. I, it just, I mean, I don't know. Uh, what do we make of Tommy Rawls, again, back practicing? Sounds like he's good to go here for week two. Do you guys trust him against, again, a poor San Francisco defense? I have trust issues with this backfield until we see Thomas Rawls come in, stay healthy, and take it over. Their offensive line woes are an issue. San Francisco has a pretty good front seven too. They've got a lot of they got a long terrible. They got a couple long, really strong, athletic guys on that uh, defensive line. So it's good news that Rawls is practicing. But I'm going to wait and see before I put him into my lineup. I think that's fair. Uh, I think there's two ways that this could go now with this backfield. Uh, I think Eddie Lacy is out of the picture. I don't think C.J. Prosize is in the mix to be the feature back. I think one of two ways this goes down is that Rawls comes in and takes this job right away with force and becomes their starting, like, 15 carries a week guy, which would be great. I mean, we want to know and we want to own the Seattle starting running back. That's an important position in fantasy football. Uh, But I think the other way that this could go is that Chris Carson becomes an – a big factor and he becomes potentially the guy I mean it's not outrageous considering that we're talking about Thomas Rawls as the guy and this is exactly what happened with him right an unheralded guy comes in shows well plays well that's the Seattle mantra whoever's the best guy plays uh and Chris Carson I thought it was only six carries but I thought he looked good I thought he looked way better yeah I mean and we get our next gen stats uh research from from the week and only two running backs and again given it was six carries but only two running backs who saw five or more carries averaged over five yards after a defender closed within one yard of them. Kareem Hunt was one, and Chris Carson was the other. That sounds all like that, that all sounds that pretty came good. on that one play where Chris Carson had a hole, though. Yeah, right. he had 30-yard like, run. Which but is, I like just, that stat from Next Gen Stats, but it's the same thing as, like, he ran past one defender that was getting blocked, yeah, and then he picked up 30 Totally, but it's a very small th- sample size. Of course, that's what I said, it's a small sample size. But I think it's just notable that we're talking about a backfield that lacks options in terms of people that like can you make people miss and I think Carson showed it at least in that one run and this just is building off what we saw in the preseason when he's doing that all the time Uh, this is the part of the podcast where Franchise and I high five ourselves 
Chris Carson. Chris Carson, brah. Yeah. From week one of the preseason. Remember he trucked that dude at the oh, goal line? yeah, buddy. That's when it all started. I like it. Uh, and, again, kind of going back to the reasoning behind uh, Chris Carson for this particular offense is because their offensive line is so bad. They need a guy like Chris Carson to be able to generate yards for himself. Yeah. They thought maybe possibly that would be Eddie Lacy. That's just not the case. Um, and I think Chris Carson now, I, I don't know, to me anyways – has shown a little bit more power and authority running downhill and to be able to generate even an extra yard in this offense with this offensive line I think is important for them to stay on track. All right, we'll stay with backup running back news here. Devontae Booker has been ruled out for week two but is practicing. Uh, It's a pretty quick recovery, really, from his wrist injury. Just something to note uh, if you're waiting for that Jamal Charles shares to mature uh, that you're kind of holding on to. I – I had Jamal Charles. I dropped Jamal Charles um, because of this news. And I just think it's just even if something were to happen to C.J. Anderson, I don't know. I, I just don't feel that great about it. You know what I mean? I think it still would be a committee there. Uh, in I, I don't think it's that much of a committee. C.J. Anderson was pretty much the clear lead. Back. Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. I'm just saying if something were oh, to happen. if to it happened yes. to be a committee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay, yeah. I follow you. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, Scott Tolzien split first team reps in practice. <laughs> Oh, oh. I, the 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 question the lead up question was any additional optimism in the Colts offense if it's Brissett? It's gonna be a no for me, dog. Okay, I got you. I, no. Yeah, it's got to be better than Tolzien, though. Right? That's what I'm saying. We t- we've told ourselves this with numerous bad quarterbacking situations over years, oh. and it hasn't gotten better. It's gotten worse in almost every one of them. I know, but at least Brissett at least went out there and and you know let loose a 50-yard throw to Dante Moncrief. I mean, at least I think he's going to threaten defenses a little bit more. I'm talking like 0.05% improvement. <laughs> but that's not that's not something we should really invest no, no. in for fantasy and start I think he's – look, no, he, but, I mean, he's a better athlete. He's more mobile. I mean, he could give a little bit of life to this offense, I think. I mean, okay. I'm not I, – I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not going to start – I'm not going to start any Colts until Andrew Luck comes in. All right. That's fair. The floor is just disastrous, and, like, you're you're just going to be upset with them in your lineup. Yeah. There, there's, there's no – there's little to no upset. What did T.Y. Hilton do? Anything? He had, like, four for 50 maybe. Oof. That's – Wasn't good. That's not great. That is not great. Danny Amendola did not practice Wednesday with a concussion. Questionable for Sunday. Obviously, they're they're without Julian Edelman as well. If he's not available, does it make you feel better about playing somebody like Chris Hogan or James White or Rex Burkhead or anybody in a Patriots uniform? I see you nodding your head, Alex. What's up? Well, I I have been writing about this in my matchups column, which will come out later today, and Harmon pegged uh, Chris Hogan in his next-gen stats column, which just just came out. But I think he's in a great spot in this game. against Chris Hogan is? Yeah, especially if Amendola's out because Hogan played a bunch in the slot uh, in week one. Yeah, and that's where the Saints just got ripped apart by Adam Thielen. They just got like absolutely destroyed in the well, slot. They gave to be up fair, 100, 169 yards to slot receivers. I mean, to be fair, they got ripped apart by everybody. By everybody, but but in particular, Adam Thielen was working out of that slot, getting deep, which we know Hogan can do. I think yeah. Hogan's going to be in a great spot. He saw like a f- couple targets, but I could I could really see his volume increasing as the Patriots have had ten days to prepare now. Yeah. and uh, adjust with the losses of Edelman and Amendola. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. I'm just, just going to say it'll be interesting to see after that Kansas City game, Tom Brady kind of said someone in the, this wide receiver court needs to step up in Julian Edelman's absence. It'll be interesting to see if Hogan is that guy. And if he is, I mean, that could be good for his outlook going forward too. Yeah, I mean, I expect this week one, I mean, week two game to be a shootout between the Saints and Patriots. But I do think, like, 
the Patriots are in a weird spot in their wide receiver core right yeah. now because they have like three – like their top three guys are essentially all vertical threats and Cooks, Hogan, who I think can do a little bit more and he is going to be the primary slot receiver it looks like, and uh, Philip Dorsett, who they like just acquired. I mean, right. those guys are all downfield threats. Brady's really not a great downfield passer at this point of his career. Like Edelman was just such a great fit and, and Amendola too to a, a little bit of a lighter degree, but just being able to run those eight-yard slants and just – pick up chunk yardage like that they they don't really have that player anymore unless I mean I guess it can, obviously can be Rob Gronkowski but you almost just, wonder if they'll throw one of the running backs out there a little yeah, bit I, I think I was gonna say head or Deion Lewis could probably operate somewhat in the slot. when we talk about this game I, which uh I think we'll d- we definitely need to talk about obviously the backfield and I think that there's a clear winner there but we'll save it for that game Ooh. oh wow what a teaser what a tease there stick around sex appeal baby <laughs> <laughs> every throw, every catch, every two-minute drill, every fourth and inches, if it's NFL football and it happened, NFL Game Pass has got it. Get every live out-of-market preseason game. Why are you chuckling over there? No Condensed reason. games, replays, coaches film, and more. Kick off your free trial today, NFL.com slash Game Pass. Did it happen, James? <laughs> Find out on Game Pass. Did it Oh man, what you're tripping me up too early here. This is good. Yeah, and you don't have coffee <coughs> either. That's I don't. I have, zero, I have zero. I have zero coffee right now. I'm pretty. Loopy. Oh my god, you're I'm unfocused. So Unbelievable. <coughs> All right, this is the portion. Uh, again, I'll throw it out to Facebook. Uh, we're trying to come up with a Chargers themed uh, segment for the podcast here for our producer. Producer, shouldn't we, wait, Chris. shouldn't we wait till we get to EDG and toss to him for this game? Uh, we'll do it here. Okay, do it live, baby. Do it live. All right, do it live. So it's producer Chris. It's Chris Harry. So I can So originally, it, it, this debuted what on Monday, right? The Chargers corner. The Chargers corner. Chargers Alex, corner. Alex threw it to me for Chargers corner for Monday Night Football. That's, Chargers corner that's with right. Chris. That's, that's that's three C's. Nope, that's a negative. We can we can do something fun. <laughs> what? I just negative like Ghost Rider. I like the working <clears throat> working title? brainstorming session. That's, that's going what we need on, to do on, on the podcast. <clears throat> that's what we need to do. Uh, I, I came inter- up. I don't want to interrupt here, but apparently Facebook says there's no audio. Just so you know that. Well, somebody said it came back oh, a little okay. later. Well, I've got some few people tweeting at lots it, of so. issues. Right. Jeez, falling apart. All right. Uh, so, anyways, we need your help. Actually, listening. I don't know. It sounds like it's coming in. We need a uh, a name for this, but um, okay. So, <clears throat> Chargers corner. I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not. Ah. It's, Guys, it's too that was the that was the first na- first title <clears throat> on the script, all right? right. It's okay. better than untitled Chris Hare segment. <laughs> all right, we called it Chargers so got, Corner. So I got Haywire with Hayry because it's Chris Hayry is the last name there. Uh, I also came up with PC with PC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Predicting Chargers with producer Chris. Hey, I like it. Uh, that's kind of fun. I like uh, them all. I like them uh, all. I kind of, that's kind of fun. Imagine if I worked for a fantasy irrelevant team, how this would be really, really tough sledding, you know? <laughs> I already feel like we're giving a little too much love to the Chargers. <laughs> like, what is this going to become? Like our team? I don't. I don't know about that. All uh, right. Well, anyways, let's get to the regardless. segment. Help, send us your suggestions for uh, the game. Yes, we'll we'll take suggestions now. All right. Chargers play host of the Dolphins. Producer Chris, what should we expect to see from Philip Rivers, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon, and the boys there in L.A.? Well, I think starting with Keenan Allen, that was the most encouraging thing I saw. Look good. Ten targets. He looked good. He drew a forty-yard pass interference penalty too on Bradley Roby. That's right. Um, So he had five for 35 and a touchdown. Uh, I think Travis Benjamin, he's not going to be fantasy relevant, but he's going to stretch the field for these guys. And I think a matchup. That's the role that he was supposed to play last year, but he was dinged up a little bit. He was dinged up, and his speed has been on display all training camp and preseason. Mm -hmm. He had had two big touchdowns in preseason and 38-yard touchdown from Phillip on 
on week one. I think Tyrell Williams is a, is a, is a great play this week. He, he was targeted seven times. The Dolphins don't have that second cornerback position figured out yet. It's either going to be Maxwell or Altron Werner. And you saw Keenan, uh, or Phillip Rivers rather, go to Tyrell Williams seven times in that Broncos game. Yeah. Um, Hunter Henry was the real mystery to me, though. I, I don't know what happened. Hunter Henry That's was what I disappeared. Like 20, 23 target. snaps, not a single target. Not one. Henry. No. Zero it, targets. They were, they were trying to get the running game going early. And Melvin Gordon, 21 yards, his first carry. After that, 17 carries for 33 yards. I, I, also, feel like, I also feel like watching that game, I, I felt like they were going max protect. The Chargers were because I think they were worried about – uh, the pass rush, and, and basically just trying to keep Phillip Rivers upright, man. He took a lot of hits last year, and I think if they want to make hay in the AFC West and in the AFC in general, I, I, they got to keep him upright. Um, I felt like they were trying to go max protect a little bit um, and really just exclusively go, if they were going to go, you know, throw out to whoever it's going to be, it's going to be their wide receivers and not their tight ends. I mean, Antonio Gates got a little bit of action late, yeah. but that was late. I mean, he didn't even see his first target until the second half as well. And, and Rivers said after the game, he goes, I would have not predicted Hunter Henry getting zero catches, and I would not have predicted Austin Eckler getting two catches. So, so I, I'm thinking Hunter Henry is going to bounce back week two against the Dolphins. Okay. But I would start your receivers. You know, obviously you're starting Keenan Allen. Yeah. I think Tyrell Williams is a nice play this week, Good. wide receiver three. There you go. And then Melvin Gordon, see if he can get something going. Yeah. He got all the volume though, and that's a, that was a tough defense. And they it looked Very like they it looked like they sold out to stop him too because they trust their corners to cover up. So. Oh yeah. I think Melvin Gordon's in a great spot this week, too. Isn't it crazy, too, though? Because Melvin Gordon seems to do well against Denver for whatever reason. Because yeah. even last year, in a, I think it was a Sunday night spot or was it a Thursday night spot? Thursday. It was a Thursday night spot, but everyone was predicting him to do nothing. Yeah. And he did well. I think he had like 99 and a touch. It's pretty good. Something like I that. I thought he looked all right. Yeah. All right, let's talk about <clears throat> early week three pickups slash deep sleepers. And, again, it's either one. If you don't, you know, again, if, if you guys don't have a week three person, that's fine. Just give me a deep sleeper pick you like for I, week I two. I found a hat, and I pulled out a guy for week three. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Ready. All right, all right, let's go to Wiz then. Uh, John Ross. He's John Ross. practicing back with okay. the Bengals. He'll probably make his debut tonight on Thursday Night Football. Yeah. But week three, they go to Lambeau to face the Packers. Hello. Where they'll probably get down a little bit. And we know that Packers secondary has some issues at times. Covering, Especially deep. Covering deep. Yes. So if you need a deep sleeper, grab John Ross now. Hell especially before yeah, Thursday night. Buddy. And then if the uh, Bengals start chucking it all over the yard or that game turns into a shootout potentially, there you go. You got a, you got a piece of a, what could be a, a – <laughs> Passing offense ready to bounce back after C disappointing week one. Cincinnati plays tonight on Thursday here, but uh, can I just throw it out to the room? What the hell happened to Andy Dalton? He had some bad luck. Yeah. Like, everything that could have gone wrong in that game went wrong. He had two – I think he had two interceptions off of tip passes. His protection failed. Uh, he threw in a bad interception in the red zone. It was just – his backfield gave him nothing. It was just a total apocalypse. Like, it wasn't a great spot for him to begin with because the Ravens are such a good defense. And <laughs> on top of that, everything that went wrong – did go wrong. It was gross. Yeah, and Andy is pretty used to whiffing it against – I mean, the Joe Goodberry common opponent stat is is That's true. On. You know, the teams that he faces frequently, like his interdivision rivals, they, they know how to – His tendencies and yeah, such. Exactly. That's, Interesting. A, that's played out over the last few years. And also the Ravens' defense is just really freaking good. <laughs> I mean, this – like, we talked about this. What is – like, what was the difference between the sloppy offensive games and the good defensive games? Okay. In week one, I think this was not sloppy offense as much as just really good defense. It was really good defense and bad luck, though. Yeah, like, for sure. Two for, in terms two, of the – Two interception. tipped interceptions, like – Okay. 
that's that's not going to happen every week. All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, <clears throat> Harmon, give me a, either a deep sleeper or an early week three pickup. Yeah, so because of the respect I have for the Ravens' defense, I don't necessarily want to play this player this week, but this is somebody that I am absolutely targeting going forward, and that's Corey Coleman on the Browns. Oh, yeah. Uh, and in week three, he plays the Colts. So and then after that they get the Bengals, get up. the Jets. So I think this is a player that you want to get in on now. Uh, he's clearly Deshaun Kaiser's guy. I mean that was evident in the preseason, and then he yeah. had six targets in Week One. He had that great catch around the end zone, and, and like I said, I think he's probably going to disappoint this week against. I mean they're going into Baltimore. I think Deshaun Kaiser is going to probably turn the ball over maybe once or twice. I mean this should be a rough game for the Browns, and therefore I think you should like. You, if, if somebody drops him, that's great, but I think he's definitely a player that I would throw out offers for now. That's what uh, I'm saying, And then yeah. even maybe next week, if he disappoints again, maybe throw out some trade offers. Interesting. Because I really – I mean, Corey Coleman was a great college prospect, had yep. kind of just a, a rocky rookie year with injuries and everything. But, right. Um, he's He looks like he's the guy – and not Kenny Britt in, in Cleveland right Well, now. Kenny Britt might not even start. Yeah, I mean, Hugh Jackson, like, right under the bus did wow. Kenny Britt go because he, like, dropped a pass or, or whatever. But, um, yeah, so I, I don't really know who their other options would be if uh, Kenny Britt doesn't uh I have no start. idea. Ricardo I mean, Lewis. It's Ricardo Lewis. Jason Williams they picked up from the Seahawks. That's right. He had a great preseason. He was probably one of the preseason stars there. But uh, they let go of Rashard Higgins. Some of the practice uh, squad, yeah. Okay, here we go, Browns. Uh, Franch, give me a deep sleeper slash week three pickup. I get a guy. Okay. All right, Carolina Panthers wide receiver Russell Shepard. Oh, baby. Wow. Last week. This is deep sleeperish. Last week he was had two catches on his two targets. One was a 40-yard touchdown bomb. Uh, his other one was a 13-yard reception. No player on the team had more than two receptions other than Christian McCaffrey. That's not good. He could be – the filling that Ted Ginn role we saw last year as their deep threat. We were kind of like, who's going to take this role over? He took 90% of his lineups from the slot. Uh, he led the team with, with 53 receiving yards against the 49ers. Okay. And his upco- upcoming schedule, week three, Saints, week four, nice. Patriots, week five, Detroit Lions. Not bad. So there's some decent secondaries there that he might be able to do some damage against if he is indeed that guy for the Panthers. I like it. I'll give you a deep sleeper here. How about George Kittle? Going to be taking on Seattle. And, again, it's one of those situations where, I don't know, for whatever reason, Seattle has not put an emphasis on stopping tight ends, right? So George Kittle, to me, is somebody who who played something like 90% of the snaps or something, right? So, like, <clears throat> he's out there a lot. And, th- and he was a little bit banged up, as we – <laughs> as we noted, as Matt Harmon uh, took a, a, a gif of uh, of me responding to his 40 time, a 45-40 for George Kittle, an unbelievable athlete uh, there in San Francisco. And for whatever reason, Seattle has struggled uh, defending against tight end. So for me, George Kittle for San Francisco is a deep sleeper that I like. I also really like picking up Jared Goff. Ooh, spicy. He's got Washington, and then he's got San Francisco. Mm-hmm. He's got a good schedule. It's not bad. I kind of like picking up Jared Goff. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those Andy Dalton owners, right, where I'm, I'm saying to myself, look, I'm not playing him in a primetime game, mm-hmm. um, you know, on a short week following a disastrous week one. I just I can't get myself to play Andy Dalton. Uh, I'm a I'm, look. I, I know I'm a Cal Bear, but uh, I'm playing Jared Goff against Washington, and I'm gonna roll Jared Goff out there against San Francisco as well, just to see what happens. I don't know. I think I think the the schedule lines up all right 
Um, and I tell you what, if you're struggling at the quarterback position, you're in a deeper league, you need – or hell, you, you need a second quarterback or whatever it might be. Uh, Jared Goff is at least worth a look. Agree. All right. Let's get to EDG every dang game. We're going to start in the morning games. Bears taking on the Bucks. Wiz, what you got? Uh – Revenge! Whoa. Mike Glennon! No. Yes. There's a lot of revenge oh, games. Don't, don't, oh, yeah. don't, 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 oh. don't, don't do that to yourself, guys. Oh, I thought you were serious. I was getting all hyped up. <laughs> oh, please. No. Mike Glennon <laughs> on the road against a very good Bucks defense? I know. Not a chance. <clears throat> uh, I think really the only players from the Bears that you want to consider are the running backs. I think they both could be at least flex options. This is a game that the Bears could get beat around in, though. This, I mean, good Lord, Bucks Jordan offense. Howard is now a flex option? Well, they're they're on the oh. road against a great defense in a game where they're probably going to get beat handily, I'd assume. The, yeah. the Bucks have had extra time to prepare. They've got a reloaded offense. That's true. Um, and that Bears defense doesn't fare as well on the road. So Howard and Cohen, they're going to see the volume. They're going to get work in the passing game. You can flex them. Deep play might be Zach Miller in PPR. Uh, he had six targets, four catches, 39 okay. yards, and dropped a touchdown at the end of the game last right. week. So... Uh, if you're desperate for tight end, I could I'd give him a call. On the flip side, uh, I think it's a good spot for Jameis Winston. Uh, he's got all these weapons now, and I heard uh, Evan Silva say on uh, the Fantasy Feast this morning that Winston actually has a pretty good history against Vic Fangio defenses. So interesting. Down with that. Uh, Jaquiz Rogers would probably be the only play in the backfield. Uh, Charles Sims is is healthy too, so we don't know if this is going to be <laughs> Jaquiz Rogers getting 32 touches or whatever he had last year when he was yeah. filling in, but. He should be the guy that uh, you want to play from this backfield. Mike Evans to Sean Jackson are fine starts. And then at tight end, I think Cameron Brate's a sneaky play too. Uh, he's he's still the red zone option there. And uh, we just saw, you know, fast athletic tight end Austin Hooper smash the uh, the Bears secondary on his two targets. So smash. That's, that's what I'd go with in this one. The Vikings taking on the Steelers. We got Pittsburgh homer. Matt Franciscovich, what's Woo! up? This Hit is going to be a good game, guys. Feels Scott like it's going to be a nice little smash mouth game, man. We got two good offenses. We got two good defenses going head to head here. Right. You're obviously starting Antonio Brown. You're starting Stephon Diggs. You're starting Lev Bell. You're starting Dalvin Cook. I like Adam Thielen here. I don't know about Martavis Bryant. Maybe he gets. I think it's a timing issue between him and Big Ben. They didn't really play much together in the preseason. Martavis missed some of training camp. Such a weird of, week one. It was a delayed return for him. Yeah, he only had, I think, two catches. One one of his targets was actually picked off. Uh, I think the Steelers just overall need to work on their chemistry a little bit, but we yeah. know the Steelers are a different team when they play at Heinz Field. They're right. a lot more productive, so they have that going for them. Uh, I think Adam Thielen's a nice sleeper, and, I mean, you're pretty much starting all these guys. All right, there you go. How do you think we will feel come Monday morning about – the Vikings offense. Sad. Obviously, well. Oh, I wait. Mean, no, that was just a, a reflex. <laughs> okay, sorry. Feel, how do you feel sad? That's dark franchise. <coughs> but don't intrude on my yes. corner here. Okay. Uh, but sorry. I sorry. think, uh, by the way, the Ravens just placed Danny Woodhead on IR and promoted Jeremy Langford from the practice squad. Oh, that's I'm sure that's the IR boomerang. Then. Well, I mean, everybody can be boomeranged, but yeah, he's on IR, so he's yeah. going to miss. Promoted who? Jeremy, Jeremy Langford. Oh. Beautiful. Anyways, uh, Back to this, what my my point here was like. I think that a lot of people are going to be tempted to say that Vikings played the Saints. I mean, we didn't get a chance to really react to that game, obviously, because it was Monday night. But right. you know, a lot of people are going to come off that game and be like, "There's a Saints defense, blah blah yeah. blah." It's Sam Bradford, whatever. Um, in my opinion, 
those throws were just good throws. Like no matter who was covering him, he was thrown into tight windows. Yep. He was making, he was just tossing some dimes out there. And, you know, I th- I tweeted this yesterday and some people again thought it was a hot take that I think by the end of the year, we'll be talking about Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen as one of the best wide receiver duos uh, in the NFL. But I mean, are, are you guys with me? Like, do you think that this is an offense that we're best be yes. wide receiver? Yes. Du- Look. Okay. I'm not with you there. I'm not with you there because there are some terrific duos. I know, but I but that's how confident I am in in. I mean, obviously, I love Stefan Diggs, but also Adam Thielen playing this big slot role is a perfect fit for him. Uh, he compared really favorably in reception perception to Alshon Jeffrey, okay. who is like you know just an okay separator, but obviously makes vertical plays. Um, and you put a player like that, who's not necessarily the greatest against man coverage, but you put him into the slot where they don't have to to face a bunch of tight man-to-man coverage. I mean, he's just going to rip people up in the middle of the field all year. I think that both these guys are really great. Um, obviously, Dalvin Cook's a great player in the backfield. The offensive line looks yeah. dialed in. I mean, I think this is like we're talking about overreaction or what. Am I overreacting or like are, are we going to be talking about the, the Vikings is a really great fantasy offense all year? I think the big difference is Dalvin Cook back there. He They have a run game now. They didn't have that last year. Defenses didn't have to worry about that backfield. So I think that unlocks – everything else in terms of the passing game. I got to be honest with you. I thought they looked very so-so running the game uh, running the ball. They I don't, struggled early to run. I don't think I don't think their run game is is quite as effective as what we saw on, you know, Monday against the Saints. Um and and I think if defenses defenses can adjust to taking away the outside, I think you're right. I mean, they'll try to funnel targets inside maybe the Thielen and maybe try to keep everything in front of them I don't think defenses are not going to let Diggs beat them over the top they're just not going to let them do it because they don't have any other options you see what I'm saying so I think defenses will live with the underneath stuff I don't think the run game is still as as good as advertised I don't know I, I I'm still I don't think it's true that they don't have any other options they've got a great tight end in Kyle Rudolph Adam Thielen, they Thielen gotta get look, I think they got to get into the red zone for for Rudolph to be a factor because out of the red zone he's I don't know. He's just not quite as effective, right? So um, I, I don't know. I, I think the offense is okay. I don't think it's great. I, I think that they definitely showed out in week one. Moving forward, I would be very concerned about how the run game looks. But, again, I, it, it could totally be a situation where everything clicks this year. It's an, it's an inflection point game for, yes. for them. Like, You're right. We're coming off a great performance in week one. Like If they go out and just look good against the Steelers on the road in Pittsburgh. That's right. Then I think we know for You're sure, right. you know. And this is the, the, this right. the thing about Week One: we got to choose. Like you got to st- take a stand. And I mean, I'm taking a positive Here's, stand, but I could be wrong. The one key to this game is going to be the protection because it held yes. up pretty well for Minnesota in Week One. Great in um, pass pro, I thought, and they did well. And Sam Bradford is pretty good at getting the ball out quick. Uh, the Steelers sacked Kaiser, I think, seven times in Week One, but he was holding on the ball. Yeah. He averaged yeah. protection stats 2.83 seconds to throw. Bradford was just 2.57, so he had time. He's got outlet options, and he's got a better offensive line for right now. So if that line holds up against a better pass rush with, like, I mean, the Saints have some talent in their front seven. Like, Cam Jordan's a good player and stuff. But if this front seven, if their offensive line holds up against TJ Watt and everybody in Pittsburgh, then we can really start believing in Minnesota. I like it. All right, very quickly, Pats against New Orleans. What you got, Harmon? Yeah, this is an all the points. Every everybody in the pool uh, sort of game for from a fantasy perspective. Right. I think you want to get your guys. Hey, talk about an inflection point. If this is a situation where the Patriots don't play well, everyone's talking about, oh, they're angry. Oh, they got extra yeah. time and this, that, and this other thing. Look, man, they've suffered a lot of losses on that offensive side of the ball. They're adjusting on the fly. I feel like this is a week against a terrible Saints defense where if they don't show out, 
okay, now we start raising some red flags. Yeah, and, and not to mention, like, Franchise and I were talking about this on DDFP yesterday. Like, you can say the same thing about the Saints. Like, they're coming in back into a spot where they should look pretty good. I mean, they yeah. got embarrassed in week one against the Vikings, and now they're coming back into their home field where, they're, point. where they're always good on offense. That's so, a great point. I mean, we could easily be looking at an 0-2 Patriots start. I mean, one, I'm going yeah, to the- pick the Pats to win, but at the same time, like, this is this is definitely a situation where both of these teams are kind of in that inflection point. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. it. Uh, and on the, on, the, uh, on the Patriots side, talking about the backfield earlier, I mean, I think you're rolling out Mike Gillisley because he's got great touchdown odds, but yeah. like James White in this game, who was just as big a factor in week one. Uh, in a lot of touches. Being on the field, getting a lot of touches, and yeah. you know they're missing that short to intermediate slot receiver option. I think that James White is the most likely candidate to Can you to play Burkhead? That. Probably don't want to. Yeah. Probably want to side against it. Um, I think if you're if you're desperate for running back help, you're a DJ owner and you need some you need something. I mean he's he's got could be a bigger of deeper league flex play. Yes, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I think he's he's but he's not an option that I, I would prefer to play. Like I said, Chris Hogan, great spot in this game. Brandon Cook's revenge game. Revenge. Oh yeah, revenge. Even even regardless of that, <laughs> he's he's in a he's in a great spot. He um, historically lights it up in domes yeah, and this the is, super dome this is, too. This, yeah. this is his this he's is his a, area. Exactly, totally. And on the New Orleans side, I mean, I think you're gonna avoid playing Adrian Peterson I think better days fantasy wise are gonna be coming for him when the Saints are building a lead against a team in the Superdome uh when their defense will allow that yeah uh but I don't really want to mess which will be never worry (laughs) sure uh so I don't really want to mess around with that this week and in the passing game uh I think Michael Thomas bounced back yeah bounce back's big in this spot uh the the Patriots can't really rush rush the passer, so I think that you're looking at your passing game guys. They can't. Being uh, and for the record, I got some good nugs. I think from one of our research packets, uh, Drew Brees is the only quarterback with a hundred plus passer rating against Bill Belichick defenses with a minimum of a hundred attempts. He has wow. a ten to one touchdown to interception ratio against the Patriots since 2000. Interesting. He also throws nearly three touchdowns per home game uh, versus uh, under two on the road. And uh, and in the Superdome, he's averaged nearly 31 fantasy points a game since 2011. What? So, yeah, Drew Brees, fire him up. Wait, thirty-one fantasy points per game? That's what I said. I was on the road of his splits app, and that's I'm, I'm, unless I looked at the wrong thing. But he's he pushes thirty points a game. Good God! You think about it though. He he he'll that's throw insane. he'll throw for three hundred to four hundred yards, and you tack on three four touchdowns. That's oh, that'll get you right there. Amazing. All right, Philadelphia at KC. Wiz, what you got? Philadelphia at KC. This game is a sneaky one that could uh, we could see a lot of points in. I think so. Um, the Eagles side, I have more questions about though. Uh, because the Chiefs allow at home allow just a 55% completion percentage, 5.8 yards per attempt, and a 7-10 to 10 touchdown to interception split last year. And now you're, we're bringing Carson Wentz, who is a talented guy and can make plays downfield, but he's also prone to some really, really boneheaded gaffes. We saw that awful fumble he had last week where he overthrew the guy in the backfield and the Redskins picked it up. He also had a couple passes that could have been pick six, and he had one that was pick six by Ryan Kerrigan. So I think either way, though, the Chiefs' offense looks uh, explosive. They're at home. The Eagles just lost Ronald Darby, so I think it's yeah. a great spot for Tyree Kill. Kareem Hunt, you're starting him. I'm streaming Alex Smith this week. Yeah. And Travis Kelsey, like, he's in a bat. The Eagles are very good at shutting down tight ends. They limited Jordan Reed last week. Historically, they've done that. But you can't sit a player like Travis Kelsey yeah. in the Eagles' yeah. offense for the volume he gets alone, too. Um, back on the Eagles' side, I think this could be a good bounce-back spot for Alshon Jeffrey. 
Uh, he played 49% of his snaps at left wide receiver in week one, which would set him up to avoid Marcus Peters for at least half the game because he plays on the right side of the field. Yeah. Uh, and this could be a great spot for Zach Ertz too, though. Uh, the Chiefs lost Eric Berry, who they had shadowing Rob Gronkowski in week one, but Ertz was fantastic in week one, and he could be breaking his Mr. December uh, trend that has lived with him for the past three years. <laughs> like, that's legit not a joke. It's yeah. been 50% of his production yeah, it's uh, for multiple years in December. Yeah. But he was 8 for 8 for, like, 90 yards um, okay. on catches uh, last week, and he could be in a really good spot here. Don't really love the backfield in this one. I don't know if okay. anybody else feels differently. Um, if you have to start LeGarrette Blunt, you're just – Praying for a goal line touchdown. receiving. That's it. That's again. it. Yeah, he's a touchdown. Rare. How do you feel about Nelson Aguilar in this spot? I think he could be decent as a as a PPR play in in or a flex play in PPR leagues. Yeah, I mean, he should theoretically. He's playing a lot from the slot, which again should put it away from Marcus Peters. He so. saw a lot of work, man. Yeah, it was crazy. He looked yep. good, and he and he looked good doing it. So Titans at Jags franchise. What you got? You're obviously starting Leonard Fournette. He had 29 touches in week one, 100 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he looked good. He saw eight-plus defenders in the box on 57.7% of his runs, Jeez. highest in the NFL uh, last week per next stats. The other side, DeMarco Murray was actually fifth in that stat, seeing eight-plus defenders, 41.7% of his runs. Mm. He only had 12 carries for 44 yards. Mm. Little concerned about the Titans' run game. Uh, we saw the Jags kind of shut down. Houston last week, I mean, Houston's offensive line, I think, had more to do with it than yeah. Jags defense. They had 10 sacks. Yeah. Uh, I think the Jags defense is a nice sleeper in fantasy now. You know, we've been talking about this defense coming around the last two seasons. Maybe we're finally starting to see this. They Possible. Add Calais Campbell, uh, Bouye, Barry Church, uh, Jalen Ramsey is there drafted in 2016. They got all these playmakers on defense. Miles Jack. Yeah, I, I like the Jags defense. Uh they're stacked defensively. I, I just they are. the one thing that for fantasy purposes that concerns me a little bit, man, the Titans protect the ball really well. They do. They yeah. do. And, it's the, and yeah, it's a strength on strength. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um the the other big thing here, Allen Robinson out for the season with an ACL injury. Ugh. That could open the door for a guy like Marquise Liu at eight hundred fifty one yards last year with the Jags to maybe do some stuff. But okay. I think overall it hurts Blake Bortles. You're probably not starting him anyway. And then the Titans wide receivers, Corey Davis led the team in targets last week after this narrative that he would only be used in quote unquote special mm. situations. Right. Uh, he was on the field for 65% of the snaps, third most in that wide receiving core. I just think the Tennessee wideouts are going to be a little unpredictable on a week-to-week basis. So, Cards taking on the Colts. Oh, wait. Harm- yeah. uh, what th- I know, Harmon, you mentioned this in your Next Gen Stats piece, which is backward this morning, but you kind of like Eric Decker this week yeah, because of Boye and Jalen Ramsey on the outside. And I stole this from your top 10 quarterback Next Gen Stats thing last year, but they allowed a passer rating of just 68 and 67 when targeted last year. Yeah. Wow. I mean, they're two, they're two shutdown corners on the exterior there. Uh, inside, they have Aaron Coleman or Aaron Colvin, who's like an okay slot corner, but that's clearly the weakest point of their defenses up the middle there uh and I think like if we're just going off week one usage Decker was out there more than any other receiver uh he didn't really do much but at the same time he averaged just 7.9 air yards per target and the Jags took put all that wave of pressure on the Texans defense I mean 64 percent pressure rate in week one the next highest was 48 percent so I mean they were killing it and if they're going to Beat up the Titans up front, which, like I said, the Titans are a great pass protection unit. But if they're getting pressure on Mariota, maybe he looks for Decker in that short area uh, as the slot receiver there. So I think that he is – I mean, he disappointed in week one. um, And I think someone's losing their job to Corey Davis uh, soon. But Decker, at this point, 
I think he's like a good uh, week one con- or week two contrarian play because uh, nobody's going to be thinking about him. But I think True. he's a good bet for TD. Same kind of goes for Delaney Walker because the yeah, Texans sure. uh, tight ends before they all got concussed, sadly, in week one, managed six catches Crazy. for 60 yards uh, against the Jags defense. So same, same thing goes. If, if, if he's yeah. getting pressured, Delaney Walker is going to be a good safety valve for him. Uh, apparently, via – Roto World, uh, Jalen Ramsey and AJ Bouye are sitting for practice today, so just keep an eye on that. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that could All right, change things. Cards at Colts. Harmon, what you got? Yeah, so uh, I mentioned I watched this game really closely. The the Cardinals in in Week eh, One. Color me skeptical. <laughs> nice. I worked in a color me skeptical <laughs> at some point in one of my. I, I know I saw it. I Nobody it. said anything. I, I, I read very, it. I clocked it. I was just realizing we hadn't hit one of those in a while. So. Color uh, me skeptical about the NFL <laughs> Harmon Live podcast. Yes, <laughs> oh no, I, I'm not skeptical about that. Oh. That's that's going to be a hit. That's happening. Yeah. Uh, All right, anyways, Chris, we'll going. talk about that after the show. Wow. We're setting that up. But anyways, uh, I think that this game. It's interesting because the Cardinals, I mean, coming into it real rough uh, with David Johnson, obviously, pretty much. By the way, you guys are cool with dropping David Johnson, right? Yeah. I am not yet. You're not yet? No. I, th- I think I am. I mean, because if he comes back after eight weeks. I mean, Bruce Arians said we hope to get him back Thanksgiving or Christmas, which, by the way, Bruce, that's a big gap. That's like the cable company. That's a We'll be there between 8 a.m. and 2 p.m., so just be around. It's a hell of a gap, bro. Like, but anyways. Can I just say I'm not because it's it's interesting to me, right? Like, we're talking about when when Zeke Elliott was going to be suspended for six games, was going to miss seven games in fantasy because of the bye week, we were taking this guy at the end of the second round because he's going to carry you home into the playoffs. Um, you make it. Yeah, if you make it. But w- he's still a second. R- People were saying the same he's still logic. a second right. rounder. Right. Not that he's a tenth rounder, that he's a second rounder. Now, okay, I get it. Uh, he could miss 12 weeks. He could miss the entire season. Yes, he could miss the entire season, which obviously would absolutely annihilate one of your bench spots. But if he comes back after eight weeks, and again, it's not a lower body injury. Yeah, it's a wrist. I, I asked because I've got David Johnson in like two or three leagues. Not, I got, I got him in one. And I'm not dropping. I haven't decided. I haven't dropped him yet. I haven't decided how I feel about him because there's just was no one on the waiver wire. I like. Yeah, I don't feel like you. You just need to feel like you have to drop David Johnson. That's but, what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. Week three waiver wire. If there's somebody that emerges a big pickup, I think I'm. You know what? How I'm about this? In a ten team league, I think I drop him. Okay. Mostly because you know there's going to be there's going to be some really interesting depth out there, but if you're in a deeper league where you're like, ah, should I drop this guy for Josh Bellamy? No, right, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. That that makes sense. Uh, all right, let's let's dive back. So, into yeah, this sorry, game, but back into the game. I just thought it was a discussion worth having. No, it was good. Um, it's good. I, I I like the the Cardinals passing game to bounce back in this one. Uh, Carson Palmer. Yeah, look, Carson Palmer. Like I said, I watched this game a lot. I re- we rewatched it on my day off as okay. well too. Um, you know. When you get bodies around Palmer, I think you need to worry about him. But can the Colts really get bodies around anybody right now? <laughs> uh, it's a great defensive bounce-back spot. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald now I think is in, is in a great spot. He had 13 targets in, in week one. Crazy. I mean, he should be a target monster from, from here on out without 100%. David Johnson. I wrote about trading for Larry Fitzgerald for that exact reason in oh, trade calls this week. Point. And uh, John Brown, was he was looking good. He was out there. So I think he's definitely worth a play this week in a really good spot against the Colts yeah. who let up a ton of 20-plus-yard 20 yard, 20 yard pass plays in week one. So okay. I, I think you can roll your Cardinals out there. I like it. And, and I'll be I'll be back on the Palmer trade. And on the Colts side, like we said, do whatever you can to not have to play any Colts. I will say, though, 
I will say I will not be surprised if 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 Jacoby Brissett starts, uh, if Dante Moncrief rips off a couple of big plays, simply because I think you will see Patrick Peterson on T. Y. Hilton, and Justin Bethel was the one of the big culprits of the Kenny Galladay breakout in, in week one because <laughs> that guy led up just a ton of production okay. to Galladay, and if Moncrief runs some routes against him, I think he could win because Brissett simply I just think is more aggressive and, and better than uh, Scott Tolzien. Young quarterback. I like young quarterbacks with uh, tight ends. Jack Doyle is a catch machine. I don't hate it. All right, Bills at Car- uh, Carolina. Wizkid, what you got? Uh I mean, I would like. It was great to see Tyro Taylor deliver last week. Like I had been, I was all on him as a late round quarterback again. But then he lost Sammy Watkins, all yeah. that stuff. I, I don't, right. I don't think I drafted him in any teams. But he put up a good performance. Uh, however, I, I don't surprised. think I do not think you can play him again. You're not going to play any of the wide receivers in this game. The Carolina defense is too good. Okay. The two players you can play from uh, Buffalo are Lashawn McCoy because he got. Literally all of the touches. Uh, he's, he had 27 last week, so he's pretty much... Except the one at the goal line. <laughs> which was just bad luck, because he got dinged up <laughs> no, in, I on know. that play they brought in no, to score. So I he's know. got 25-plus touches with scoring upside every week like when they get there. So yeah. that's he's locked in. But Charles Clay, again, if you streamed him last week, hopefully you didn't cast him to the waiver wire, because he could be a good in a good spot again this week. He led the team in targets. He had nine. He had one touchdown, almost two. And George Kittle last week caught five passes against the Carolina defense. So if Tyrod's going to go anywhere as they move the ball, Might be Clay. it's going to go to Clay. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Carolina side, I think this is kind of like an all-systems-go game. Uh, the Buffalo defense is not that great after shipping off a couple of players in uh, in trades and other things uh, this past season. So right. I think this could be a nice bounce-back game for Cam, Kelvin Benjamin, and Greg Olson in the passing game. Uh, the Bills secondary can get – well, I mean, the Jets didn't move the ball, but they're the Jets – uh, Carolina should be able to go, you know, I, I really like a bounce back for the passing game and, uh, the backfield, I think both are just flex starters. Now, if you took Christian McCaffrey in like the second or third round, you might be a little disappointed, but he and, uh, Jonathan Stewart combined for 27.7 PPR points last week. They're used both sometimes together in different spaces. So you're going to get good volume. McCaffrey led the team in targets and then get five catches. And you're just hoping that when you're starting that back, they're the one that gets into the end zone. That's an interesting way to look at that, actually, is that they combined for whatever points it was, 28 points or whatever it was in PPR. And, and maybe you figure, and okay, just they'll speak, split it out The backfield is very productive. So okay. you want to it, – it's a good situation to start the players from because like they're it. going to produce. Yeah, I like it. Jets at Oakland. French, what you got? Uh, I think – I wouldn't be surprised if Marshawn Lynch is the top-scoring fantasy running back after this week. It's kind of easy to say that going against the Jets. He, had, he looked good last week, i got to say. If they have a big, I tell you what, if they have a big lead, they're not going to Marshawn, though. You, I think it's going to be think they take him off? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. uh, they, they pointed this out on the feast, though, but it is narrative street in this one because Marshawn Lynch is playing his first home game in front of his home crowd. Oh, town business. Right. Town business. Bidness, right. James. All right, let's right. go. <laughs> he, he had, nine, I think, 96 yards from scrimmage last week. He looked like the Marshawn Lynch we knew a couple years ago. Hey, truck he looked trucking Jarrell Casey at the line, 300. <laughs> what? Oh, my goodness. It's Jarrell Casey he trucked. Uh, Come you're, on. You're, you're starting all your Raiders. I like Jared Cook as a sleeper tight end here. I wrote about him as my streamers. Uh, Gelhar just mentioned what Charles Clay did against the Jets last week at the okay. tight end position. So I think you plug Jared Cook in and just it, plug him in. He wanna, was second on the team with five targets. I want to throw one little nugget in I found for the matchups column too. I had written in week one that it, we couldn't start Jared Cook because while he's a good player and a great addition to the offense, the Raiders would have to like change a like three year trend of not targeting their tight ends a lot on the offense. However, those five targets that Cook saw were fifteen point six percent of the team total targets. Only one tight end hit that all last year for the Raiders, and that was Clive Walford in week two. So 
if they're working him in more and targeting him more heavily, he's going to bump up and be on the regular streaming radar. For sure. High-powered right. offense, man. I like it. And then on the Jets' side of the ball, yes. I mean, the nope. running backs were just nope. 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 It, Not even anything last. Bilal Powell led the backfield bleh. with 22 rushing yards. Bleh. He did have six catches, but or five catches for 17 yards. I think you can – Five catches for seven. I think you can start Jermaine Curse in a PPR <laughs> league. He led the team with nine targets, had seven catches, 59 yards. He was on the field for 96% of their plays. You're not going to feel good about it, but no, I, I think no. the same thing. Like If you're in a bigger, the, if you're the, in a bigger PPR league where you have to start three wide receivers, like, yeah. I'd rather play Jets, Robbie Anderson. The Jets are probably really? going to be down in the second big half. play potential. He was on the field more than Curse. He did have eight targets. He only caught four of them. He I led mean, the you're, you're relying on Josh McCown to get these guys the ball. He led so. the team in percentage of air yards, uh, so right. I, I would rather play Anderson. Dolph. But I don't want to play any. I, I would rather not play fantasy yeah. than play them. But yeah. <laughs> if, if there's <laughs> anyone, I would go with Curse just because of the volume. But yeah, it's, I mean, uh, my it's not a good Jets. look for the Jets right now. Stance on the Jets has been well documented. Yeah. Forty Niners at Chargers. Harmon very quick. Dolphins at Chargers. Dolphins. What did I say? Forty Niners. Oh, sorry. Uh, Dolphins at Chargers. Well, I think with the Dolphins, we get the first look at their. Jay Cutler-led offense. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, got a great week one game from all those guys. Um, but I think Jay Ajayi will be out there, and he's going to – I mean, you're locking him in as an RB1 play, I think. Let's go. This will be uh, the test for the Devontae Parker, you know, breakout yes. because it's a good it's a good set of corners uh, there it in is. Los Angeles. Jason Verrett and Casey yep. Hayward. It is, That's yes. Right. Um, Jarvis Landry, I, I do want to track his, his usage overall. Um, Same. We do not want to – play Jarvis Landry in this spot crazy not really not really excited about playing any of the the Dolphins pass catchers in week Parker's one. the just, only one I would think about yeah maybe just, in the just, flex you just just kind of want to see how it looks I like Chargers Tony. defense as a yeah streamable D that's that's fair absolutely I mean, their defense like looked good especially for us. Melvin Ingram and uh, Joey Bosa it's a great combo wreck them so. Cutler was sacked 29 times the last time he played in an Adam Gase offense, too, and he missed a I'm game or two in that year. Say, I don't think he played so. all 16. And on the Chargers side, I mean, Hunter Henry is the is the, is the big, big question, question mark, here. Yeah. Uh, I don't – people are dropping Hunter Henry, and I think that that's completely understandable. I think he was a mistake of a draft pick where you probably took him uh, because I just think he's he's not going to be the, the full-time tight end. I've been it's saying it. I've been targets, saying it. And it's too much. Till Antonio Gates gets out of there. Yeah, and, I agree. And look, his like, ceiling will be limited. At the tight end position, there's a handful of guys, like six or maybe seven, that you play every single week and you yeah. roster every single week. And the rest of these guys, you know, the Martellus Bennett's of the world, the, 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 the Hunter Henry's, like don't get attached to these guys because of where you no. draft them. Just – Caught him loose, uh, and 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 the rest of the Chargers. I think you want to try to get in in yeah. your lineup. The yeah. reason the reason I I love the Chargers defense, the streamable defense this week is is because uh, Jay Cutler likes to stand back there a little bit, uh, and the fact that I think he's going to force feed balls to Devontae Parker. Hundred percent. And if he's doing that against those corners, forget about it. I and mean, one of those is getting NFL picked off, man. Interceptions last. He almost had a pick six against the Broncos too. I would say what's interesting about those corners too is I'm curious which one he's going to draw because they were one of the few teams that had their guys shadow people they had uh Verrett and Hayward each shadow Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders Got and it. just tracked them over the whole field so Verrett is the smaller guy so maybe Hayward on Hayward. on Parker yeah and it was, it was awesome he's a top 10 corner he's he's day. great all right so 49ers taking on Seattle Wiz, what you got uh don't play any 49ers please okay <laughs> just don't the Seahawks the Seahawks defense on the road held the Packers to 17 points and uh you know it's the man manhandled them now you've got the 49ers going on the road 
against an angry Seattle team in front of their home crowd, this is just a disaster. It is. You don't want to start anybody. Now, I, I'm not even starting Pierre Garcon in go. leagues that I have him Ugh. on the. I, it's tough, but yeah, like yeah, what. Yeah. It's, it's low side, just bad. Get some catches. Negative game script. He could. He could get. Yeah, like PPR. He could still hit his floor, floor for you. But like, it's just it, if I've got other options, I'm I'm going with him. Um, on the Seahawks side of the ball, still staying away from the backfield until we get any sort of clarity. But I think this should be a huge bounce back game for Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, and Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham had really puzzling usage in Week One. Like he <laughs> only had like six air yards per target. Like, I tweeted out his route chart, and, like, four of his catches or, like, four of his targets came within, like, two yards of the line of scrimmage. It was really bizarre. They might have been using him to try and help block. Didn't help because the backers were in the backfield the whole game. But uh, he, Baldwin, and Wilson, I think, should eat. And, obviously, Seahawks defense, start him if you got him. So, I mentioned this stat when we were at at, uh, team building last night, and I found it today. It comes from at Davis HSU Seattle free agent writer. Uh, He noted that in – Last season, the Seahawks averaged 26 points on turf on the road, 28.11 points at home, and 9.8 points on grass. And that kind of played itself out. It's an interesting split. It's something to, to monitor. For I mean, sure. James I D. Think, Grow. James D. Grow. Yeah, we need to get James this. D. Grow on the case, apparently. But I think it's a, Where it's, is James D. Grow? Yeah, where's Gary? Where's Gary? Yeah, Gary's, uh, Gary's recuperating. I don't oh, know. Oh, no. He's got, he's got a the little heat bit wave of, did you kill your plants? Oh, the heat wave yeah. totally. Yeah. Got you. Dude, tell me about it. I, yeah. I had some I had some plants suffer through the heat wave too, <laughs> but uh looks like a few of them are definitely salvageable. Uh check out my Instagram feed for oh. that. Oh, uh, any, anyways, oh, anyways, God. uh it does just make the stat makes sense in intuitively just because the Seahawks have a lot of team speed, including their scrambling quarterback. Uh, and maybe they're just more productive when they're away from grass. So just something to monitor. Washington at LA Rams. Franchise, what you got? Uh, I don't trust the Washington offense at all right now. Uh, they looked – Looks like they, Aaron they Donald will th- come back. That cannot – Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. He's back. The, the Rams defense start him in, in fantasy. I mean, 29-ish points last week, uh, two pick sixes. You know, I think that's that kind of stuff is going to continue. I think the Washington's inconsistency on offense is carrying over uh, in, from the preseason into the regular season. Terrell Pryor had some drops last week. Jamison Crowder wasn't a factor. The Eagles kind of shut down Jordan Reed. They had no run game. All these things add up to not – against Rams D, add up to not a productive day for the Redskins. Uh, and the uh, Redskins – or, I mean, the Rams D, they blitzed the second most of any team in week one. They had 20 blitzes. Um, one thing to watch out for is Sammy Watkins going to get shut down by Josh Norman. If so, maybe Cooper Cup has a big day. I kind of like Cooper Cup, especially in a PPR league. I think he's a must-own right now. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you oh, know, yeah. If he's still hanging on the waiver wire, try to make room for him on your roster because you need to own this yeah, guy. I agree. Uh, and like you mentioned, Goff is on my streamers list this week. There I like go. the matchup. The Redskins give up a lot of points to quarterbacks. All right, Cowboys at Denver. Harmon, what you got? Yeah, no, I like this game. I, I really do you? I think it's gonna be ugly. Well, though. I think I I like this game from like I'm really interested to watch it. I don't, it's oh. not it's not like a fantasy bonanza. Type okay, game for sure. <laughs> for sure. I I wrote it up in in next gen stats actually in the column uh, because we talked about the the number really that the Broncos did on Melvin Gordon in Week One. They deployed uh, eight more eight or more defenders in the box on 62.5 percent of Gordon's non red zone carries, which is notable. Uh, he had six carries for uh, just 11 yards out of 11 personnel. Uh, so we, when they spread the field, Denver did a really good job locking them down. Are they going to do that to Ezekiel Elliott, who was, who was really fantastic in, in week one against a really good run defense? So I th- I'm still really confident in, in Zeke, of course. For sure. Um, 
the the Dallas passing game obviously Dez whiffed in his week one matchup against Janoris Jenkins, but I don't think again. It was, I don't think it was all on Dez though. I think that Dak really didn't he didn't make any sort of passes into tight windows for Dez Bryant. But that's not what he does. No, it's it's not it's not what he does, which is what Des Bryant does. So, right. But but I do think that those two guys are going to get it going, and I, I don't really like love playing Des, but I think if, if you own him, I think you are playing him in this spot. Um, and, and on the Denver side, I love Trevor Simeon, man. I think he's in a week, in a week where we don't have a lot of uh, great streaming quarterback options okay. on the waiver wire. I If you need it, I think that Trevor Simeon is worth the play. You know, again, talking about week, totally one, with you on this. week one inflection points, we're going to either fight. The word of the day is I know, you keep saying that. This episode. You had James to say it, too. I know. You That's got me. Know. Is your Instagram oh, an inception. inflection point? <laughs> <laughs> Harmon's plants are at an inflection point right Some now. of the plants they are at an inflection they point. They are, indeed. No, but, I, I, like, look, we, we, we saw Dallas's defense look really, really good in week one. But was that mostly just because the Giants' offense without Odell Beckham is really bad? Uh, they put some decent pressure on Eli Manning. Uh, put that chart in the next gen stats column as well too, um, and but but Trevor Simeon was great. I mean, he threw 32 percent of his passes went into tight windows per next gen stats. Uh, he was great. He had the highest air air yard differential in terms of c- completing passes downfield. He was great on passes of 10 plus air yards. Uh, we had the second best pass rating among quarterbacks last week. Look, Trevor Simeon I mean, is he had, good. He had 181 pass yards. Let's not get too nuts about it. Overall, or are you yeah. talk? No, he had 219 passing yards. Really? Yeah. Oh. He had over 200 yards, two touchdowns. Look, the the question really is just like – I just think pace of play is going to be too slow. I don't think the scoring opportunities will be there. I don't know, man. I'm, I, I just want to promote Trevor Simeon because I think he's a good quarterback who doesn't get enough respect. I like Trevor Simeon. I, I like him a lot. It just, it's a rough week for, for streaming quarterbacks. I came in – I remember I came in uh, talking about Trevor Simeon in, in this very podcast last year, and I'm like, I like what I saw. From Trevor, and everyone poo pooed me. Everyone was like, "What well, is Trevor saying, man?" I, mean, I was oh, uh, sources. I think this is fake news. <laughs> that that seems fake. I am gonna go back and find it. Go do it. Right. Dare I'm you? Pro- I'm probably not going to. Actually. Figured. <laughs> <laughs> what a waste of time it would be to scroll through all those scrub through all those podcasts. <laughs> To find the one spot where I'm like, hey, I love Trevor Simeon. Everyone just dumps on me. Nope. Uh, Sunday night football, Packers at Atlanta. Wizkid, what you got? Both of these offenses were kind of uh, held in check a little bit in week one, but right. uh, I think we have to operate under the assumption that this game is going to this be, could be fun. a track meet. This, this game could be, could be very fun. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I'm going to start on the Falcon side first. Julio Jones absolutely smashed the Packers in the NFC Championship game. They get 180 yards, two touchdowns. However, yeah. most of that production came on Ladarius Gunter, who has been cut. Okay. By the Packers. So, and then if you go back to their meeting earlier in the season, it wasn't Julio Jones that smashed. It was actually Mohamed Sanu. I think he's a go sneaky play in this game. Oh, actually. I love him. He had nine targets last week, and uh, he could rip apart the Packers over the middle of the field. That's what they did. When the Packers focused on Julio Jones in that first matchup, yeah. they just deployed Mohamed Sanu over the middle of the field, and he absolutely ate. Um, and then uh, I think the backfield's going to be in a decent spot. Um, Devonta Freeman has better splits at home than Tevin Coleman does for the Falcons when they've been uh, on this team together. So I really like Devonta Freeman in this spot. You're starting Matt Ryan. Austin Hooper, I don't know if I'm going to trot him back out this week. It could be a decent option. Um, you know, I thought Jimmy Graham was going to crush the Packers. The Seahawks used him in a puzzling way. So only two if, the, if the Falcons try to take Hooper downfield a little bit more, yeah, maybe he's in there. But as for the Packers, I also think um, if you have any of their wide receivers, you're starting them in this contest. All, yeah. all three of those guys got 
a fair amount of looks last week, and I think it's yep. just going to be a case where you're starting all of them. Jordy's obviously a locked-in one, but you can start Randall and uh, Cobb and Devontae Adams and just hope one of them gets into the end zone. Because Adams still saw seven targets last week. He had 47 yards on his three catches. Cobb, at, you know, with his crazy nine-catch on 13-target day um, was really ripping it up. Is Cobb back for reals now? Yes. I mean, 13 targets, and he looked good. Well, I mean, and I know you noted this in um, targets and touches, Harmon, and I was going to say the same thing too, but you know he's important to this offense, and especially when Aaron Rodgers said that in the playoffs last year after Cobb's three-touchdown game against the Giants. He said, we're better when 18 is on the field. I got yeah. you. So this is, this is a dynamic well, offense. Well, he's got to be on the field and healthy. I mean, that's yeah, been that's the, that's that was yeah. the problem last year. Right. He played 13 games, but dude had ankle, hamstring, he was not neck, right. concussion. Yes. Like, he was, he wasn't he was right. beat up. And then I really think, obviously, you're starting Aaron Rodgers, but I think Tom Montgomery has, like, RB1 overall for this week, potential he's, in this he's game. He's your boy's uh, pick in our perfect challenge. I had him in my lineup, yeah. too. Well, you look at the what the Falcons have always been weak against. Pass-catching running backs. Pass-catching running backs. Interesting. And sure enough, Tariq Cohen, 12 targets against them in Boom. week one. So yep. okay. And uh, and Jordan Howard. You know, they 17 targets went to the backs for 11 catches in week one for the Bears. Beautiful. And Ty Montgomery, I think, was four for four, uh, catching passes out of the backfield last week against and Seattle. Dude, so he looked good, and he looked he looked good. He gutted out like a hard performance. That's what I'm saying. One of the best front sevens you know I mean? in the National Football yeah. League. He so played more snaps than any other running back in Week One. Lo- lock him into your lineup, and just he could go bananas this lock week. Lock and load. I love it. Monday Night Football: Lions take on the Giants. Franch, what you got? Obviously, the storyline is will Odell Odell back in play in this game? I yeah. think if he does, we'll see a different Giants offense. Ugh. He did practice today. He or practice. Part in practice. I'm I'm not saying they're gonna they're gonna blow the roof off the place, but okay. he's he's kind of the key to that offense. NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reporting that uh, it's it's high optimism. That's that good. Will he's already that's practicing. Good. That's good. Um, well, after they saw what week one held, it was like I think we'll try to get him. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all credit to you, James Co. You wrote a, a great next gen stats breakdown about how Kenny Galladay kind oh, of thank you. unlocks Heard the uh, the Lions passing game. Uh, he kind of shredded the uh, – Matthew Stafford shredded the Cardinals secondary shredded on, him. on the outside. He had four touchdown passes. And Galladay there is the deep threat, kind of uh, allows Golden Tate to return to the slot. He had 10 t- uh, catches there for 107 yards. Yeah. Kind of like all the Lions except Marvin Jones, really. Surprising stat of the day for me was when I found out that Golden Tate played 76% of his snaps out wide last year yeah yeah that was crazy to me i'm like wait what he only played 26 percent of his snaps in the slot we saw in week one he played over 80 percent of his snaps in the slot and i and i just was like well obviously you got to put him there that's where yeah. that's where he operates the best so i, I that was the surprising he, stat he for wrecks me. fools in the slot yeah he's really good there 10 catches 12 targets 107 yards oh, last week he's he's I like a, he's I, a straight game changer in ppr i like eric ebron a little bit in this game we saw jason Wist yeah buddy. getting in the end zone last week I don't know if you can really reliably start any of these running backs. Maybe you flex Theo Riddick and hope he does some work. In the How about our game. boy Amir Abdullah, bro? Yeah, man. I don't know, yeah, man. He looked look bad. <laughs> I mean, he had a they tough look, good. look. It was a tough matchup against <clears throat> the Cardinals last week. Yeah, that's true. He he wasn't efficient, and okay. and we saw uh, uh, Washington. Get in there, and the Giants have another good defensive line as they well. They do, so. they do. I I just yeah. don't. I'm I'm not starting any Giants backs. Maybe no. Theo Riddick and Amir okay. Abdullah in a flex. I don't. I, it's just not a promising look for either backfield. Right. I, I, like I think you said, I'm worried about the outside receivers for the Lions this week. If Galladay gets over on the Giants secondary, then like he's the 
GD truth, but uh, <laughs> I'm with you. Ebron and Tate are great plays this week. Yeah. All right. I like it. That's it for every damn game. Let's close out with a round of Daily Daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the Daily Daps and Hook. Give me daps because I be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up daps about daps Daily Dap time. Let's go. Matt Harmon, what you got? So I am an impressionable idiot, uh, as, <laughs> as many people know. Uh, and I've started to do a lot more on Snapchat, like answering fantasy questions and all the rest. And cool. you can do the thing where you like create a bitmoji or whatever on yes. there. Uh, and someone talked me into it because, again, I'm an impressionable idiot. Uh, and I was very skeptical of this whole thing because it takes forever to like design one. Uh, and also I feel like you're kind of judging like yourself. Okay. And I'm like, I don't like want to make myself look too handsome. Then people are like, oh, you're so vain. You think you look that pretty. I don't want to make myself look too ugly. And then it's I a, look- it's a bit moji. I know, but you know, I'm, I'm, it takes forever to make one and <laughs> look, you're like, ha- I've quit like halfway through five times, but anyways, you're too concerned with your image. I am. Well, I'm very image conscious, but anyways, I think that, what are uh, you talking so, about? so, the, so everyone looks so, the same. They're so the cartoons. daily dap though, I showed this to these guys earlier, yeah. James. Uh, <laughs> and I'll tweet out the image too. Okay. But I was very skeptical about the whole thing. But this one made it all worth it. It's a okay. little book with my face in it, and it just says, <laughs> "Why even try?" <laughs> and I thought it was so great with the brand that I've built on, on this podcast. So I'll, I'll definitely tweet it out Perfect. for everybody. Uh, <laughs> but it, it made the whole process worth it. It gave me a, a, a big laugh when I saw it. Does this count as you dapping yourself <laughs> since you dapped your own? It does. Yes. That's three. Yes. That's three. I'm dapping the. Yes. I'm dapping the whole entity. <laughs> That's a trend now, guys. Oh, I am dapping the whole entity trend. of the Bitmoji, Whoa. not mine. I now I'm in on it. I think that I think they are funny. There was a few that trend. gave me a good laugh. So in three of the last four weeks, where Matt Harmon has been on the podcast, <laughs> Harmon has dapped himself. This trends. is this is outrageous. you can find Harmon's b- bit emoji on his own Twitter. <laughs> So. This is outrageous. There's it. levels. I to that. love it. Alex I'm never. Do, I'm not doing daily daps anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with this segment. Let's get from Wisconsin. What you got? I'm going to daily dap. Uh, I haven't sadly read a lot of news or watched a lot of new stuff this week. It's, uh, okay. Been consuming football. And last yeah, night man. we did a, little, did a little bit of the, Crazy. the drinking, so that uh, occupied some time. But okay. uh, <laughs> daily daps to the uh, trailer for the Disaster Artist, James oh, yeah. James Franco. Uh, got the book. So if it's based on the movie The Room, which we've talked about on this podcast a lot. We yeah. had our friend Liz Loza who interviewed to be Lisa or who auditioned to be Lisa in the movie on to talk about it. And she's a great fantasy writer over at Yahoo. But so the guy who played Mark wrote a book called The Disaster Artist, which was his behind the scenes tell all of the making of The Room. James Franco optioned the book, wrote the script and directed it. He stars as Tommy Wiseau. His brother Dave Franco plays Mark. And uh, they made a movie about the making of The Room. It looks hysterical i actually the trailer's so funny i tweeted out the other day and i actually heard a rumor that like this movie it's coming out later in the fall i think maybe or winter like december maybe could actually have awards buzz around it it's that good interesting and so it looks hilarious james franco is perfect as tommy Wiseau. i was it's cracking up so much during the trailer so i cannot wait to go see this movie check out the trailer for the disaster artist speaking of trailers the trailer daily daps to the trailer for blade runner 2049 oh god i can't it looks amazing I'm so excited for that movie. it looks amazing the fact that they were able to get harrison ford too it's got my favorite uh, modern director right now, Denis Villeneuve, behind okay. the camera. I think Roger right? – he did Arrival. He did Prisoners. He did Sicario. Oh, great. Uh, I think Roger Deakins oh, this, is shooting it, which is great. why it looks gorgeous. 
it Ryan Gosling, awesome. Jared Leto. But it also Robin has White. the feel of the oh, original Blade Runner so, too. You know what I mean? So good. Oh, Never saw the original Blade Runner. Oh, you're missing out. Such Blade Runner's out here living in 2049, huh? <laughs> <laughs> We're stuck in 2017. <laughs> Sad. Sad. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will also daily dap Arian Foster. I saw this hilarious tweet. Uh, somebody at tweeted him, yo, Arian Foster, Deshaun Jackson, or Christian McCaffrey for my flex oh my in fantasy football. <clears throat> Arian Foster replied with, read a book. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Which I love. Which I absolutely love. So there you go. Franch, what you got? I'm going to go full hipster and daps the new LCD sound system album. Uh, it's called American Dream. Came out, I think, two maybe oh, yeah, last that, al- that album's ago? great. That All the way great. through, it's great. It's classic okay. LCD. They just kind of return to form. You know, they retired for a few years. They came back live shows last year, and they put a record out in the last couple weeks. It's really good. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm also going to dap. I got an advanced copy of the new Foo Fighters record. It's called Concrete and Gold. I believe it comes out tomorrow. Oh, that that was rock. No, no, no that, off. that was hipster. Because I, I got an advanced I got copy. the advanced copy. Sources will remain anonymous. <laughs> I got an advanced copy. So, you know, if you want to dance over the weekend, listen <clears throat> to LCD Sounds. If you want to rock your face off, yeah. listen to the Foo Fighters. I got to listen to that Foo Fighters one today, too, because, uh, yeah, I've, I'm on the same inside source list. I like franchise. this. I like this a lot. Producer Chris, what do you got? Guys, I'm going to give dabs to football in Los Angeles. Okay. We have two games. In L.A. on Sunday for the first time in 23 years. Ooh. So it's pretty crazy. We have two games in our backyard. Heck one yeah. at the Coliseum, one at StubHub Center, both at the same time. Will nice. the Chargers sell out StubHub Center? Yes. Yes. 100% for sure. They yes. did not in their first preseason game. Preseason, bro. Preseason. Yeah. Preseason. It's a 27,000-seat stadium. I know. That's why, they'll, that's why they'll sell out. I mean, they'll sell out StubHub. The NFL's version of a coffee shop. That would be I remember <laughs> that was said once on a, on a now – Debunked podcast. The ambiance is really cool. It's everybody's on top of uh, of the yeah. field, so it should be cool. I think it's going to be great. All right, so there you go. That's your show. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. We'll be back on Monday for the franchise for Matt Harmon, for the Whisk Kid from Wisconsin, and for producer Chris. I'm James Coe. You've been listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. We'll see you. See you later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.